Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Preparing. It's something that we do for getting something or someone ready for a future purpose, action or, or use. And I'm only 22 years old, but I've had my fair share of experience when it comes to preparing for something. As, as a uni student and a former high school student, I've had to prepare for the 40 or so exams that I've taken before. And because I'm in my last year of uni, I'm actually preparing to graduate at the end of this year. As well as that, I've lived in about like 16 or so different houses. And so I've had to prepare myself to, to move into a new house and from those have been across three different states and so I've had to prepare to move states as well and live in a different region than I'm used to. As well though I've had to prepare for the worst you know and seeing my mum go through chemotherapy treatment when I was about like 12 years old and not knowing if she was going to make it or not. You see we all go through these moments where we prepare ourselves for something new and these can be good things or these can be things that we aren't necessarily looking forward to. And last week, Pastor Josh was talking about the home ground advantage in in our new series that we're doing, New Ground. And he was saying that we, we tend to not like change and that the things that we make as our home, those those mindsets, those habits, the things that we're comfortable with, we tend to want to protect those things because we don't want to go through any change. And he was saying how the Israelites, as they were coming out of Egypt and getting ready to enter into the promised land that God had given them, that they had to switch that mentality from slavery to freedom. And they actually had to get ready and prepare to enter into that new land. And likewise, we have to do similar things. And so... I'm going to be talking a bit about in this first part of the message this morning on preparing and how we can prepare to enter into new ground. And then Mitchell and Walter afterwards are going to be talking about crossing into new ground and then remembering when we enter into that new ground. And so I'm going to be sharing a bit about the story of Rahab. And this is in uh, Joshua chapter 2. And so basically... The Israelites were on the east side of the Jordan River and Jericho and the promised land was on the west side of the Jordan River. And so Joshua sent out these two spies to, with instructions to survey the land and to get an understanding of, of the land, but particularly around the city of Jericho. And so these two spies, they come into the land and they cross the Jordan River. They enter into Jericho and stay at the house of Rahab, who was a prostitute. And they stayed at her place for the night. And they had a really interesting conversation um, with each other. And so this is what I want to particularly focus on a bit about in this first part of the message this morning. And so in Joshua chapter 2 verse 8 it says, Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up onto the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given this land to you, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sion and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. 
No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all their families. We offer our own lives as a guarantee for your safety, the men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us the land. And then Rahab helps the men to escape the the city and they go back and report to Joshua. And so then down in verse 23, it says, Then the two spies came down from the hill country, crossed the Jordan River and reported to Joshua all that had happened to them. The Lord has given us the whole land, they said, for all the people in the land are terrified of us. And so we go through all these moments in life where we have both good experiences and bad experiences in entering new, new ground. And, and from, reading, from reading this scripture, you get to see this picture of two different perspectives of the same situation, two different point of views that have totally different outcomes. See, on the, first of all, on one hand, you have the Israelites and they were getting ready to enter into that promised land. They were getting ready to enter into Jericho. And so when, when, the, when the spies entered that land and had that conversation with Rahab, they, they became encouraged hearing, hearing from her that, that no one has the courage to fight after hearing such things, that we are all afraid of you and I know that the Lord has given you this land. They became encouraged from hearing that, knowing that God had actually gone ahead of them, that God had gone before them and prepared that promised land so that they could walk into that. And so for us, that means that any promises that we get from God or any provisions that we get that we know are from God, that we can have the confidence and assurance knowing that God has gone ahead of us and actually prepared that land, prepared that new ground so that we can walk into that with confidence. So you have the Israelites on the other hand, on one hand, but then on the other hand, you have Rahab. And for Rahab, she was actually preparing to enter into new ground that she didn't want to go into because Jericho was her home. But that was going to be all taken away for her. She was sort of put in this position where she didn't want to enter into this new land, but she was going to. She knew that she was going to. And so Jericho was her home. It was a place where she had always, where she had lived. It was a place where she, she knew people. But in one moment, that was going to be taken away from her and her life was going to go in a completely different direction. And for us, we go through similar experiences. You know, we can't avoid them because they're definitely going to happen to us. You know, it might be that there was the death of a loved one, a a spouse, a, a close friend, a family member, someone who we can't imagine doing life without. But then suddenly we're forced to live with that reality. And in that moment, then our, our lives change. Or it could be to do with the diagnosis of a sickness or a disease that we never wanted to hear or we never wanted to hear that a loved one has. And with all the appointments and with all the treatments and, and the surgeries that it can be so physically and emotionally and spiritually draining. And we never wanted to go through all that, but we are in our lives taking a different direction because of that. Or it could be even that 
with everything going on recently that you've lost work or that the work that you had has been significantly reduced. But, you know, there's still bills to pay. There's still provisions that need to be bought and, and you're struggling to make ends meet and you can just feel the pressure and, and you can feel the stress just constantly pushing down on you. And so just, just like Rahab, we, we go through those moments where we're preparing to enter new ground that we don't want to go into. Rahab was preparing for her whole world to change. And so she pleaded with the spies, give me some guarantee, some promise that when my world crashes down around me, that I'm going to be okay and that I will make it through this. And I love what they, they reply to her. And so they say like, we offer our own lives as a guarantee for your safety. And so when we go through those situations and those moments that where we're preparing to enter new ground that we don't really want to because it's got that grief, it's got some loss associated with it. We, we tend to cry out to God like, give me some guarantee, give me some promise God that I'm going to make it through this, that my family and I will be okay, that I'll make it through to the other end. And Jesus replies to us, my life is your guarantee, that I gave my life as a guarantee for your safety. So that you don't have to be concerned or you don't have to be worried about the future. That you don't have to be concerned about the future steps that you're going to be taking because that I'm always going to be with you. That my love will never cease. That my presence will never leave you. That my life is your guarantee and that you are not going to be alone. And so we all have, are going to have these moments that of, of new ground where we are preparing to enter, either good or bad. But no matter which it is that we're entering or no matter which new ground it is that we're about to go into, that we can be confident and we can have the comfort knowing that God is with us, knowing that He is for us and that His Holy Spirit is actually residing within us. And so we don't have to fear about the new ground that we're preparing to enter into. Good morning, church. Thank you, Jacob, uh, for that word on prepare. And I pray that you can apply that to your life. This morning, we are talking about new ground. And I believe that as a church, there is new ground, both spiritually and physically and emotionally, that we are able to step into as a church as we you know, faithfully follow God and follow the call that He has for our church. And I believe that personally, that there is new ground for you to be able to take as well. That as you, you know, address things that you see the new ground, maybe there's dreams that you've had before that can be resurfaced and there's new dreams uh, for, of new ground that you can take. During this uh, coronavirus season, I've really enjoyed getting out in the outdoors. I've enjoyed going for runs and walks and rides and um, it's something that I've been doing, you know, every weekend and a couple of times during the week but I seem to keep hurting myself and it's not very good. And this weekend gone was no exception. I was out in the Onkaparinga Gorge with a couple of friends. And um, as we were making our way down into the gorge, we came across a park ranger who said, um, just watch out down the bottom, there's just a little bit of mud. And um, thought, yep, sure, all right, we'll keep going. And we, uh, we got down there and there was quite a bit of mud. In fact, she just had a little bit. It was probably about this deep. Of, of water and mud and um, I was actually wearing a new pair of ASICS running shoes 
And I thought, no way am I getting these new shoes dirty. So when we got down there, I kind of used my certificate for an outdoor education and I had to look for a new path and uh, tried to work out kind of my own way to go around so that I would avoid that water and mud. And I saw this kind of cliff, little rock thing. And I thought, you know what, if I just kind of skitter up there, I'll uh, avoid that water and mud and it'll be sweet. I was kind of going along, then all of a sudden I slipped, bam, hit my knees and elbows and arms and kind of just scraped um, down this rock straight into the water and mud. And um, I ended up bleeding from about 10 different places. I had mud and water all over my shoes and, and my legs and my arms and everywhere. And uh, it wasn't great. See, I had a clear destination in mind. I could see the path on the other side that I needed to get to. But I decided to take my own way to avoid some of the mess and some of the uncomfortableness that comes with taking new ground. And this is a situation that we all find ourselves in. We all find ourselves, we can see new ground and maybe there's no clear way to go to it. And sometimes we have to go through a tricky situation. The Israelites, there was no exception for this. We're gonna pick up the story in Joshua 3. The Israelites were promised a new land. The promise was given to Abraham and their many generations had passed and this promise still had not been seen yet. They were promised a new ground. The Israelites find themselves on the edge of this Jordan and they can see the new ground, the new land, the promised land given to them across the river. We pick up uh, the narrative in Joshua 3 verses 2. This is, at the end of the three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people. As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried out by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length, which is about 800 meters. Do not come near in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. The Israelites had been in the desert for 40 years. They've come across this river and they do not know how to cross this thing. They've been used to sand. They did not know what to do with this raging river. And I'm sure there were thoughts of all, we've been walking around this whole time. Why don't we just walk a couple kilometers up or a couple kilometers down and, and find an easier crossing? And I'm sure, you know, it was, it was wet season at the time. The river was over 100 feet wide and about 10 feet deep. And I'm sure there were thoughts of, well, why don't we just wait a bit until it's easy to cross? You know, we've waited this time this far already, why don't we just wait a little bit longer? I'm sure that that won't be a problem. And I think that so often we can find ourselves in this situation as well. We can see the new thing, and but there's this, this large river of fear, of, of regret, of shame, of intimidation, of addiction, and we do not know what we can do to get across this. And we can try and find our own way, but let's see what the Israelites did. In verse nine, it says, And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. I'll read that again. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. 
The Ark of the Covenant signified the people's hope. It was the Spirit of God in a box that the Israelites followed and carried around. When Jesus died on the cross, the temple that symbolized the Ark of the Covenant, there was a veil in front of it and that tore in two and the Holy Spirit was released out into the world. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that Holy Spirit is within us. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. As soon as the priests that were bearing that Ark stepped into the water, the water stopped flowing. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, when we have that Holy Spirit living within us, then we are essentially a priest of the Ark of the Covenant, which means that we can step into that water. And just as when the priest stepped in the water, the river stopped flowing and it heaped up, so we, as we step in, the fear and the anxiety and the anger, the bitterness and these things stopping us from going into that new ground can be stopped. We are no longer a participator of this as the Israelites were. They stayed and waited. They had to stay 800 meters away from the ark. When that, tail, when that veil was torn, the Holy Spirit came within us and we are no longer just watching, but we are participating in this. And that we can have the confidence and the boldness and the assurance that as we, with faith, step into those waters, that these things will be gone. The Israelites had the confidence and they had the distance. We have the Holy Spirit within us and we can have the confidence to step into that new ground. Awesome, thanks Mitchell. So they made it, the promised land, the place their mums and dads have been raving about for years. And here they are, they did it. Let's close in prayer. Actually, there is a bit more to this story. So let's keep reading from Joshua chapter four, verse one. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, Take twelve stones from the very place where all the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. And Joshua replied, Do we have to? Really? We just got here. Actually, he didn't say that, but can you imagine? They'd just gotten to the promised land, the place flowing with milk and honey, Sounds like some kind of paradise. If it had been me, I would have been in full relaxation mode. Like, all right, we're here, I'm gonna set up my hammock there, chuck some Bethel on, there's plenty of sand around, so maybe I'll build a sandcastle or something like that. Like maximum, maybe he'd ask me to go find all the cows and bees leaving the milk and honey everywhere, but that's about it. But maybe that's just me, because that's not how Joshua responds. He just obeys. And I think maybe, he knew that the Lord's plan isn't always what we expect. It's not always what we feel like doing, but it's always good. And it's always what's best for us. So he obeys. He turns around to his 12 guys. He says, oi, in Hebrew, and off they go. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Why are they here? Mom, what, what's going on? So that's the um, curious child version. 
And you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Wow. Now, you could think, why do they need a memorial? Who's going to forget that? The time that God held back the waters of the mighty River Jordan just to let his people cross without even getting their feet wet. What an incredible story. But I don't think it was that kind of memorial. I don't think it was so much that they were going to forget. I think it was that they were going to need a reminder. And I'll try to explain. I think it's very easy in times of great blessing to thank God and praise Him for who He is and, and what He's done. But it's also very easy when we don't see the blessings to think that maybe He isn't there. I guess it's in human nature that when things are going well, we start to question when it's all going to go wrong. We say things like, enjoy it while it lasts, because we know that it won't. It's all just temporary. And maybe that's why he chose stone. Because of all the things the Israelites could have found out there in the desert, the most long-lasting, the most permanent thing was stone. I was praying recently, thanking God for everything he's blessed me with. And very quickly, my prayers turn into, please help me remember your goodness, even when the blessing stops. And he kind of stopped me and he said, you're assuming that the blessing is going to stop. But that's a future in which you and I are not together. See, as long as you're with me, the blessing never stops. And sometimes in life, God asks us to move stones. It's not glamorous, it's not exciting. And a lot of the time, it's not what we feel like doing. But there's a lot of joy to be found when we realize that the stones are blessings and the blessings are for us. I'm going to wrap up, but I want to leave you with one more point. As humans, we like to do things in our own strength. We don't always want to hope for a miracle to get us through, because there's always that fear in the back of our minds that we're not going to get one. That if we rely on God, if we lean on Him, then He's not going to be there, and we're going to be let down. But I want to tell you today, there's no need for fear. Because if we're with God, if God's with us, then no matter what new ground we're taking, no matter what new situation or circumstance we're stepping into, or maybe for some of you it's an old situation in a new way, but no matter what it is, your preparation has already been done for you. And that miracle you need to get through has already happened. Not in the crossing, but on the cross. Where once there was separation through the biggest obstacle of them all, sin. Jesus became the way to get us through to the promised land of God's presence and of his blessing. And all we need to do is look to him. Look to the memorial that he carried on his shoulders. The memorial he died on to get us through to that new land and that new life 
if we look to him and if we choose him, remember what that means for us, then we will be blessed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that just as with Moses and just as with Joshua, you are with us. You have chosen us. And all we need to do is to choose you back and follow you through to the promised land. We thank you that there's no need for doubt or fear, but that we can trust fully in you and your promises that are eternal and that are permanent. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at LifeHouse. God's house, our home.